Looking back at 2021, what did I learn and what did I achieve? Hello and welcome to the Unlock Podcast with me, Ricky Locke, the podcast that is part of my adventure to unlock how to be the best version of ourselves and to live an extraordinary life. It is the end of 2021 and what a year it has been. So I've decided to do a roundup of 2021. What are some of my key achievements? I've, I've broken them down into kind of 10 really. What are my key achievements and what are some of the lessons that I've learned from those wonderful memories. Now, there might be a few more because I go off on a tangent, as most fans will uh, recognise, but I'm trying to keep this nice and fun and fun because I think there's lots of learnings here that we can all take away and carry this forward into 2022. So grab yourself a brew, uh, unless you're in the car, or if you are, uh, I don't know, if you're on a jog, then jog. Yeah, enjoy. But listen to this. So 10 achievements, really. So I, I've <laughs> to do this, how I kind of worked out what I've achieved is I've gone onto my iPhone and I've gone back through all of my photos. I'm one of those people that to find out what I do, to remember everything I do, I just take pictures of everything. Now, unfortunately, I've realized that if you have Instagram, if you haven't taken the notification off where your photos get saved to your phone, you should, because I've realized I've got hundreds and hundreds, probably thousands of photos this year where it's just my Instagram stories. I put so many things on my Instagram stories and it also saves a photo into my actual camera folder. So I had to scroll through hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, maybe thousands of photos just to remember what I've done this year. And I've kind of broken them down into 10 different things. Now I will say 2021 has been a very interesting year. Now as fans will know, 2020 was the year that I finally went professional pursued my dreams to go full-time magic. I left my career of a, a wonderful job as a national trainer and it didn't really happen. So it was quite a bit of a, a sad year last year. And I guess 2021, kind of the start of the year for all of us, we were all in lockdown, but it eventually opened up and I was actually allowed to go out and do my job and get paid for it. So that was great. So um, I think 2021 was more of a normal-ish year for me to actually go out and I can actually say now that it's going to be nearly two years that I'm full-time professional speaking magic and doing wonderful things so that's great so I think that one of the first things at the start of the year was online shows so at number 10 is online shows now in January I remember uh, speaking to an agent about stocking shelves in Waitrose yeah about 12 to 14 months ago I did like two or three shifts in Waitrose stocking shelves. This was before I started doing online shows because I started to panic thinking there's going to be no events in Christmas 2020 uh, and probably no events in the first quarter of 2021 because lockdown, you know, we went into that world of events starting to open up and then Christmas time, it just went into full lockdown. We couldn't obviously go see our family, even though... Um, Certain naughty people in the uh, the UK had some Christmas parties, as you may aware be or may not be aware of. But anyway, I'm not going to moan about it. So I did wonder and think, well, I'm going to have to do something. I can't just keep emptying my savings. So I actually just did a couple of sh um, shifts stocking uh, products on shelves in Waitrose. It wasn't very fulfilling and it was quite a, uh, um, a tough time, really. <laughs> I'm one of these people that I was kind of like stocking shelves thinking, what am I doing in my life? And uh, doff my cap off to everyone that stocks shelves, especially at the festive time of the year. It's, it's a really tough job. Um, but yeah, so in January, I was kind of worried, thinking, I don't know if I'm going to actually be able to make a living anymore doing this. So uh, I, I was thinking about that. But at the time, just over Christmas, I managed to get some online shows in the diary. 
And funnily enough, I actually got more online shows in the diary. And I think I had more money in December 2020 than I'd done previously in the business because online shows gave the opportunity to do three, four, maybe six shows in one day. I think if I remember right, December the 19th was when I did six shows in one day. It was knackering. Um, but it just allowed you to do that because I was doing a show in my dining room to companies from all over the world. So at number 10, I'm really proud that online shows carried on for me. And, um, you know, I didn't think it was going to carry on after Christmas. I thought that people are just going to open back up. But obviously the lockdown continued until about April to May. And um, I'm really proud and pleased that I carried on doing those online shows. I did upgrade as well. So I got a little bit techie and uh, I got a stream deck and uh, started to play with OBS, which at first was just a complete head fog. Excuse my French there. But... One of the lessons that I've learned from this is uh, I get really frustrated if I don't know something. And not to a point of like, uh, I'm annoyed that, you know, um, it's hard to explain this, but if something I can't understand quickly, it really frustrates me. And it's not that I want to know everything, but I need to kind of be uh, competent at most things so I'm happy and comfortable. And because there was a lot of time sensitivity, there was a lot of pressure, there was money thinking, you know, how am I going to pay my mortgage? That was some of the things that was, you know, affecting my mind thinking, oh my God, you know, I, I don't know how to use OBS. I don't know how to use Stream Deck. What do you mean I've got to do this? And at the time, I, I didn't really know what to do. Uh, and it was really frustrating and really difficult. But I managed to conquer it. And I think one of the lessons that I've learned from that, although I'm proud that online shows carried on, it was the I guess the adversity of doing something different. We know that the definition of madness is doing the same things over and over and expecting different results. And I wasn't getting the results that I wanted. So I had to do something different. I had to go out my shell, go out my comfort zone and do something different. Use a bit of technology that was really difficult at first. OBS was a bloody nightmare if you're not used to it. And I just really couldn't get it to work in the same way and the same level. But I overcame it and it was bloody brilliant. And I still do shows to this day using that technology back in January. So number 10, there we go. That was my online shows. And the lesson I learned there, I guess, is just to carry on pursuing through that adversity. Number nine, 50th episode. 50th episode. See, I can't talk. It's the um, the after effects of having COVID. There we go. 50th episode of the podcast. So podcast from strength to strength this year. Season two came out back in February. I obviously launched season one back in... Well, September, wasn't it? Yeah, September 2020. And um, I really pushed it this year. I really wanted to kind of do new things. I uh, thought I'd contact a few of my heroes. So Steve McDermott, Paul McGee, obviously Jeff Ram for season three. Uh, and loads of these amazing people that I'd only previously read from in books. And I really wanted to push it to go from strength to strength, to really add value to people, to help unlock these wonderful things in our life. And yeah, I'm really proud that I actually approached people and asked them to come onto the podcast now, I've done an episodic, episodic podcast, I still can't talk, apologies guys for this, episodic podcast, which is weekly. And I did obviously have a break in the summer when the world opened up because I actually had to go out and perform at weddings again, which was uh, wonderful again. But yeah, I, I'm really pleased actually because this podcast has now been listened to in over 75 countries in the world, which I find hilarious that people would even listen to my dulcet tones <laughs> in another side of the world but thank you for listening to this if you are tell me dm me tweet me or uh, facebook me instagram me tell me where you listen to uh, in your part of the world i'd love to hear from you but yeah i'm really proud actually that, that the podcast has grown from strength to strength it's getting about 
I think it's about now 100 downloads every single week. And this is from past episodes, from episodes 1 to 10. You know, So it's a real privilege to see that and a real honor that this podcast is growing for strength for strength. But I'm really proud that I reached out to some of my heroes to come onto the podcast and they said yes. I also launched the Three Men and Podcast as well, which was a real lot of fun. Good lads, love both Matt and Alan, and we had a great time in the summer on a side kind of quest doing the Three Men and Podcast. But what's the lesson here that I've achieved? I think this is about, I think we often kind of have this imposter syndrome thinking, I'm going to contact someone who is potentially a hero of mine, is one of my favorite authors. They're not going to come on my podcast. Why would they? Who am I? And why would they want to come on this show? But sometimes that imposter syndrome, we need to tell that little imposter inside ourselves to just shut up, get out your own way, because who cares? Who knows what someone's going to say? And you don't know unless you ask. When I reached out to Steve McDermott and Paul McGee, um, I just said, hey, I'm Ricky. I've got a show. I'd love to come on. I love your work. Would you like to come on and be a guest? Now, I don't know, obviously, till this day, that during the time when I asked, we were in a lockdown still. So people need promotion. They need PR. But... I was both amazed by the kindness and uh, lovely support that they just both said, yeah, sure, Ricky, I would love to come on your podcast. And that's amazing. So that lesson that I'm going to carry on to 2022 is just asking for things. If you want to do something or you really want to achieve something, just ask for it. Who cares if it doesn't happen or if someone says no to you? The real win is that you tried. And this podcast has gone from strength to strength just because I reached out to someone. So tell that imposter inside of you to shut up and just ask for what you need. Number eight is the PSA speaking career. So obviously I've been talking about this for a while. One of my goals is to be an international speaker. That's part of this adventure of this podcast to unlock how to be the best version of ourselves so I can use this in my speaking career. And I joined the PSA earlier on this year. Really, I'd heard lots of different things about the PSA. It's called the Professional Speaking Association. And I wasn't quite sure what it'd be like. I was a, a president of the Peterborough Society of Magicians and I am one of those people that has a lot of strings to my bow and I just decided to, to go give it a go. And it was such a wonderful experience and it still is to this day. I joined the East Midlands branch and I've met some many wonderful friends there. Izzy Dixon, who's come onto this podcast. We've got Jake Richings. I've met Kat Hayes. I've met so many wonderful, amazing people from this wonderful network. Now, the PSA is a, a, a wonderful um recognized industry for professional speakers and i'm so proud to have joined and because i joined earlier on this year myself and kat and izzy and jake we all got a chance to try out speaker factor and speaker factor is one of these wonderful competitions for new members of the psa to join and if you've been there for i think it was about three or four months i think and uh, you come on and you do a talk for five minutes this was all on virtual and uh, I mean, five minutes is quite difficult. This podcast is already about 11 minutes in and I'm still talking. I love talking. So to get any of my talks, which I'm used to talking about 20 minute keynotes on stages to five minutes is really difficult. And I really wanted to make a really great effort. So I've been doing a lot of training and a lot of investing my time into speaking courses over the last probably what, uh, probably about two years now. So I really wanted to make a good effort of it. And I'm really pleased that I came second. I think I was up against... Five people, I think, and I was part of that five. And there were some amazing speakers in that lineup. And uh, congratulations to Amanda Harris, who won the East Midlands region, who then later went on into the final as well. 
And um, yeah, I came second. So that was one of my proudest achievements. But I guess the lesson there that I'm learning is about being brave, doing something different again. A bit like what we were saying uh, for the achievement number 10 for the online shows. Yeah, this is about being brave and doing something different. And I think if you want to achieve something that's part of your vision, if you've got a goal uh, in life that you want to achieve, then then go for it. You know, um, what was that? It's a great phrase. I'll have to kind of edit this bit out. I forget it. I think it's, um, what if I fall? And then the response is, but what if you fly? I think it's from Peter Pan. The phrase goes, what if I fall? But darling, what if you fly? And I think that's that thing, isn't it? About just take a step off and see what happens. See if you fly. <laughs> so there you go. PSA, that is number eight. Number seven, online course. Yes, online course created. So number seven. Yeah, I wanted to do an online course back in 2020. Obviously, everybody was searching for new avenues and new ways of passive income because in the hospitality industry, there was no one booking real life events. Now, we did obviously go into online events, but one of the things to grow your business and have a bit of scalability is to have an online course. It can feed into things. And I created one in line with this podcast, which I did do a soft launch. I don't really talk about it because I've not really done a proper, proper launch, which I might do in 2022. But back in May, I was asked to um, to come join Great friends, Alan and Emily from the Yellow Tuxedo, who had the Digital Circus live back in May. And they asked me to do a 30-minute keynote on the secrets to creating a magical customer. But, <coughs> excuse me, God, this COVID's really made my voice go, hasn't it? Excuse me, the secrets to creating a magical customer experience. And I decided that I was going to create a course in line with that. Now, interesting enough, one of the guests that's coming on in January is David Heiner, who talks about huge goals. So rather than just smart goals being achievable and realistic he talks about this idea of having huge goals that are completely unrealistic because if you have bigger goals you can then achieve a lot more and i actually used his method which i'm not going to go into too much detail because it's his kind of ip but he'll go into it in the episode in uh, january and um i actually created an online course from start from scratch to finish in five days it nearly killed me but I will share with you all in January the uh, pyramid that I used to create. It's a wonderful, wonderful little um, system that allows you to create goals. And it's really, really quick as well. But I created a online course called How to Create a Magical Customer Experience. It's £47. I'll put a link in the description below and you can actually purchase this. It's to help business owners, either um, solopreneurs, entrepreneurs, to create a magical customer experience. And that is an experience where that goes long past the experience that you provide on the day. Like, so for example, for me, rather than just providing experience for my couples, how do you make an experience that's going to last forever? But then how much is a customer actually worth? Is it just worth that one transaction of a couple of hundred pounds or could it be worth three, four, five thousand pounds? And that's how you create a magical customer experience. All the little things that make someone feel special. It's what gets remembered and that's how people will then repeat and referral with more work. Uh, and I created it in five days and I'm absolutely proud of it. It's still sitting there. It's still unteachable. You can purchase it. It's £47 and it's over 90 minutes. I think there's over about 20 videos, uh, hands-on videos, uh, screen sharing of what I actually do in my business to create a magical customer experience from the chocolate bars, the handwriting cards, contacting venues and people who run Zooms to say thank you for having me and giving them a wonderful experience as well on how do you make yourself bigger than you are to create that wonderful experience. So yeah, so that for me, again, was an imposter syndrome. Again, who's going to buy from Ricky Lock? What does Ricky Lock have to value? Who's going to want to buy some frame? I'm not doing it. And again, it's about conquering that fear of saying, actually, well, let's just give it a go. And a bit like feel the fear and do it anyway. I'm going to do it. And if it goes wrong, so what? I'll handle it. 
And it's just that case of just telling yourself to get out of your way. Actually, I feel invested in this. I feel valued by this. And I think, yeah, I can offer something of value here. So again, a bit of imposter syndrome kicking in. That's one of the lessons learned. Uh, give it a go. If you've got an idea, put it out there. Who cares what people say? Number six, baby reveal. <laughs> As a classic millennial, we did a gender reveal earlier on in the summer. But the reason I'm talking about this because uh, obviously my baby, Alma, is going to come into the top 10 or well, top five, as you're going to hear in a minute. But Imogen. Now, I know Imogen listens to this podcast. So Imogen, if you are listening to this episode, may I say how much I am a huge fan of your work and how much we love you. You know that. I don't have to tell you that. I'm sure you know how much me and Danielle love you. But me and Danielle, my fiance, drove all the way to Norwich to go pick up a gender reveal cake. We've loved the, ironically, the magical customer experience that Imogen has given us over the last what, two years now, three years. It's crazy. And um, we've absolutely loved it that we decided that we wanted to make something real special. And also we had a gender reveal cake because Danielle um, was a bit worried of if we'd have just got the confetti cannon and it came out blue, she might cry because she didn't want a little boy, she wanted a little girl. So we had the gender reveal cake so we could slice into it first so we could see the colour, so we could get a little teaser before we did the confetti cannon. Uh, it's all over my Instagram, um, but I guess one of the reasons that I'm saying why this was one of my loveliest moments, it was in the summer, um, it was kind of that wonderful day where we could get family around, so it was really nice for our family to come into the garden again after probably, what, six or seven months into lockdown. So in the summer, we got everyone around. And it was just so nice to just feel like the good old days of normality. No COVID, no restrictions. You know, my family in the garden having a wonderful time with us. And yeah, it was just an amazing time and a memory that I'll, I'll never forget. But one of the key lessons here, I think, is the, the thing that I've learned is about kindness of people. You know, Imogen has really created such a wonderful experience for us this year that as I talk about the classic Maya Angelou phrase, people won't remember what you said. They won't remember what you did, but they'll never forget how you made them feel. We will never forget how Imogen has made us feel. And it was just amazing to meet Imogen in real life. Yeah. So kindness, absolutely amazing. Thank you, Imogen. Number five, parents. Um, my parents moved earlier on this year to the seaside. And I didn't think they'd ever move from my hometown, Whittlesea, um, near Peterborough. Now, they have gone off to the seaside and they're now in probably their, their final home, which I think is a sad thing to say anyway. But one of the things here is to see them actually now living their life. And actually now as a parent, I now understand what they've done for me growing up. You know, I was probably a bit naive and uh, ignorant to all the things they did and the life that we had, me and my brother. We didn't really understand that. We just did what we did. And you compare yourselves, don't you, to other people at school. So... For me, our life was based on only what I knew. But now I really understand what they've done and sacrificed over the years to give us the life and the privileged life that I have now. And now it's so nice to see that they are now going off and enjoying their wonderful life in their forever home, their final home, and by the seaside, which, you know, they will probably stay there forever now. And it's so nice, you know, throughout the summer, Christmas, uh, we've been going over there. Well, Christmas I couldn't because of COVID. Yeah, that was a shame. But uh, we are going to be in the new year. But going over to see them was absolutely lovely. And I guess that the thing here, although it's a wonderful achievement um, for them, it's an achievement for me because it's growing up now. It really made me understand, actually, wow, this is this is brave and important for them. You know, they're going off to do something completely new. You know, my mum and dad would probably never have done this. And it's so nice to see a shift in their comfortable lives now where they're just comfortable and confident in going and making these wonderful decisions of living their life so i'm really pleased really proud for them 
And the thing now, as a parent myself, you know, that's such a wonderful thing now to take Alma to her grandparents who live near the seaside. What a wonderful thing, you know, to have parent, grandparents that live near a seaside. That's going to be a wonderful life for Alma. But congratulations to my parents. I'm really pleased for them. And uh, yeah, I've had to grow up a little bit. <laughs> Number four, I run some sessions in America and Spain. And now it's not a big, big achievement. But again, as I said earlier on this year with point number 10, there was no work. There was nothing this year. No, well, there was, but it wasn't until later on the year. And I had a great opportunity to run some confidence and training online and how to present online sessions for a wonderful company in America and Spain. Now, for me, it was just the the pinch myself moment of, oh, my God, I'm running a session to people in Spain. Oh, my God, I'm international. Although I was sitting in my dining room in Bourne. But it was a wonderful opportunity. And I guess that the lesson there, well, there's not really a lesson there, is there? But maybe there's something here to think about of looking back as a child or even looking back two years ago, thinking of what's going to come with the pandemic and looking at what you might be doing. So I guess there's some sort of pride there. But yeah, absolute wonderful experience. Love doing that. That was a really, really cool uh, little experience. So thank you, Simon, for obviously organizing that as well. Number three, skateboarding. Sometimes people worry about what others might think of them. And I couldn't give two shits. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I love skateboarding. I used to skateboard as a teenager from about 13 to about 20. Thought I'd have another go about 24 and uh, then got appendicitis uh, in Mexico and then stopped. And then last year, just before I kind of got made redundant in 2020, I bought a skateboard so that I could just have something to, to do a bit of exercise and just for fun. And obviously we went into lockdown, but I was able to go to the local skate park because it was outdoors when we could have our outdoor exercise. And I absolutely loved it. And still to this day, I'm still doing it. Although it's slightly, um, I'm doing less of it now because I've got a child. Yeah, but I'll be taking Alma there as soon as I can. And I'll try to get out there in the new year. But I've been going to Adrenaline Alley. Adrenaline Alley. There you go. Can't talk. Adrenaline Adrenaline Alley in Corby. It's Europe's, I think, biggest indoor skate park. It's full of wood, uh, which is amazing. That sounds terrible, doesn't it say that? Sorry for the pun. But wood skate parks are amazing. And I used to skate at Y2 Skate uh, in Fletton in Peterham when I was a teenager. And it got knocked down and it was just one of the greatest places in the world for me as a kid. And uh, although none of my friends are now doing it, but I have met some wonderful, amazing friends at the new place. I think there's about this idea of being authentic, of being yourself and not worrying about what people might think of you. I was really worried about putting it on Instagram. I wanted to put a video up just to show an achievement when I got a frontside air. Now, if you're not a skateboarder, it's basically just when you go up the ramp, you kind of bonk off the coping, you do a little ollie, and you kind of go above the coping and then back into the ramp. Now, as a kid, I'd always wanted to achieve that. and I could never do that in my life. So to do it now when I'm 32 <laughs> was a massive achievement. But I've since learned from this then, so what? Who cares if someone thinks that that's stupid or immature? It, it might not think that, but this is about being authentic and I'm going to continue doing this. It's great exercise. It's great fun. And it's such a great community as well. Everyone just always wants to cheer people on and praise people. There's this thing that skateboarders do that when you do a really cool trick, you kind of slam your, your skateboard into the floor like as, as if you're tapping it. And it's just a great recognition to say, well done, that was awesome. It's such a wonderful community, and I'm going to continue doing it. I've got some great friends there, uh, Pete, Joel, uh, Steph, and we've got Kieran as well. And uh, yeah, I absolutely love it, and I'm going to keep doing it as well. I love it. Um, who knows what will happen? I'll bring Alma along one day, but um, I do have a dream, actually, to do a big frontside air on the vert. 
So that's my goal one year. So there you go. Authenticity is key. Number two, weddings. Complete gratitude for this year of getting back out into the real world, of doing the job that I kind of left my career to fulfill. You know, my full dreams and passion to be a full-time professional magician and speaker, to go out there and actually speak and perform. Wow, I'm so grateful. I mean, in 2020, I did three in-person weddings. So right off. And this year, I've done up to about just under 50 now with the Christmas season finishing. And wow, I can't believe I finally got out there. There was a couple of times this year when I drove home from the wedding or the event and just pinched myself going, oh my God, I'm finally doing what I've dreamed of doing for a while. So yeah, I'm not going to go into too much detail about it. It is such a wonderful um, moment now to go back out there. And I appreciate that some businesses and some people haven't been able to go back out there yet due to restrictions and some businesses and some teams are still working from home. So for me, I'm really privileged and honored that I can actually go out in person. Although some weddings were really restricted, I was able to go back out there and go perform just like the old days, making people happy, spreading joy and creating magic. And I'm really gra- grateful for that. Uh, it was such a wonderful opportunity. And again, you know, although I think some of us are worrying about what's going to happen in the first week of the new year, about the cases that's happening at the minute, you know, I, I think we're going to be all right. And uh, I'm just so grateful to to get back out there. Uh, I guess as well with that, one of the things as well, I did some great work with a wonderful company called Believe Housing. Got a great friend called Steve. And uh, they invited me up to do some magic and I did a keynote. And it's one of the first times I actually did my first keynote in person because over the last two years, it's been online or on Zoom. So I was really grateful for that opportunity. So that's linked in there with number two. So thank you, Steve, for that. Now, before I share obviously number one, which I'm sure most people are probably going to guess what number one is, uh, there's a couple of other things. So patrons of this podcast, so Sherry and to Ant and to Steve and Rory, thank you so much for your wonderful support this year. You know, the idea of creating a patron to get support this podcast and support my adventure. You guys are amazing. You comment, you reply, uh, you get all of that juicy backstage content and you're always engaging with me. So thank you from the bottom of my heart for really, you know, helping me pursue this journey. It really, really means a lot. Thank you. I guess another thing as well is um, some extras before I reveal number one. So I actually put at the start of the year that I wanted to read 24 books. And I put that if I could read just like two books, you know, a month, um, then I'd be right, you know, 10 pages a day, then I can I could achieve that. I'm not much of a reader, but as part of this podcast, I wanted to invest in my own learning to be the best version of myself. And I can tell that you all that I have at the end of the year read 32 books. 32 books. Yes. Absolutely amazed. I don't know how I did it. Well, no, I actually tried. That's why. <laughs> now, I started off at the start of the year by reading like 10 pages a day. And I did a course by Jim Quick, which is about speed reading, which I might do some training. And I'll put that into the patrons where you can learn how to speed read. I'll pop that in there as well. It's a really good technique to consume more information quicker and still uh, learn it all as well. So uh, I use that idea. And there's lots of different books. There's personal development. Um, we've got business financing. Lots of different books I read. But I read 32 books. So that was one of my big achievements this year as well. I'm not much of a reader. 
But to read 32 books in a year, I think the average CEO reads about 50 books. So I'm on my way there to be a CEO, um, although I am a CEO of Ricky Lock Magic. Um, I'm on that way. But yeah, that was one of my key achievements as well. Um, I obviously won the highly commended award. So I was the second best wedding magician of the UK. So that's another great achievement in there. Really, really proud of that one as well. And um, I actually, yeah, I authored uh, three books. Well, I didn't really put anything in the books, but I've got my own books out on Amazon, the Unlock Podcast Notebook, and I've got a couple of other notebooks. Uh, I created an Easter colouring book, which no one's seen because nobody it didn't sell anything. And I also created a date book as well uh, with Amazon KDP, which is where you can publish your own books. That was a really cool achievement as well. But I guess um, on top of everything uh, and all the other achievements in this top 10 I've gave you, the number one has to be Alma. Yeah, so Baby Lock, Alma's finally here and she's absolutely just beautiful. She's stunning. She's amazing. And still to this day, I've got no idea how I and Danielle have created something so beautiful. Well, I can understand it. It's probably coming more from Danielle's genes because if she gets my face, she's ruined for life. <laughs> no, but she's absolutely amazing. And I think out of the sadness and difficulty and frustration that this year has brought, you know, I think 2020 was a, a prequel to the shitstorm that 2021 could be and may have been. You know, I don't, it's not been my greatest year, although there's been some great achievements. It's still not a normal year. You know, we still kind of, feels like we're going backwards, especially this time of year. I think we're all worried, as I said, for the new year. And um, 2020, I thought we would get out of it and we'd be back to normal. But we're still talking about this into 2022, two years later. It's crazy. So from out of that sadness and frustration, that, for me, has really put things into perspective for me. And I remember when Alma was born, I'll do an episode about this, but I just remember switching off emails, off social media, and just thinking, none of this matters except for this wonderful human right now. And I guess moving forward, everything that I now do will center around family. Although me and Danielle, we live together, we're engaged, we are planning to get married if bloody happens we've been waiting bloody two or three years now with all the postponements but we have family now and for me now everything is centered around that and everything i now do my, my best friend my my baby girl daughter alma is going to be around that so as i plan into 2022 i'm going to think about what, what is really fueling my boat what are the values and the vision and the purpose that i'm putting into the engine of my boat to drive to wherever i want to achieve next year and Part of that has to be family. So as I look around into you know next year, some things that I've taken on as desperation, I now think, well, actually, when is the time that I can actually have with my baby? So I think that's going to give me some real clarity and purpose next year of having a daughter, you know, and just seeing her grow and grow. I mean, she's only six weeks old now, and bloody hell, she's already out of zero. Uh, what was it? The newborn clothes. She, she's getting really tall as well, so she better stop growing. But it's just such a wonderful thing. And to come home from the weddings during this festive season, knowing that I'm going to go home and see my baby is is a truly uh, miraculous thing. So, you know, hats off to Danielle. I She's she's goddess. Yeah. Uh, absolute superwoman. Cannot. Yeah. I, I cannot say, you know, like I'm speechless. The, the female body is just in, incredible. And what she's done over the last nine months. Wow. I'll, I'll never forget but she's just such an amazing woman to bring this beautiful, beautiful little human being into our lives. So thank you, Danielle. And uh, obviously thank you, Alma, for making my life now even more special. Yeah, you've really brought a wonderful touch to our lives. So thank you. 
So there you go, 10 key achievements, 10 lessons, online shows, 50 episodes, podcast growing from strength to strength, PSA speaking career, online courses created, um, baby reveals, my parents moving, uh, running sessions around the world, skateboarding, weddings, and Alma, imposter syndrome, growing up, uh, pursuing through adversity, gratitude, lots of key different things. But I think rounding all of this up into one, one kind of message would be the idea of to stop focusing on the future. You know, we always think about what might be, what might come, what am I going to achieve? But actually, since having Alma, it's now starting to think that will come. Whatever will be, will be. But right now, it's about focusing on the present. You know, the word present is a gift. And I know I've talked about this on a previous episode called Smelling the Roses, but that really is the most important thing is whatever happens next week, whether the world goes into a lockdown or a circuit breaker, we need to enjoy the moment because who knows what's around the corner. And for me right now with my family, I need to really smell the roses and think about the present and enjoy it. So yeah, so I guess thank you for listening to this episode and thank you again for supporting the podcast this year. It's gone from strength to strength. As I said, we've got over 50 episodes now and it's listened to in over 75 countries around the world and I could not do it without your support for listening to this podcast. So thank you. Thank you again to the patrons, Anthony Howe, Sherry Brenton, Steve McDermott and Rory Barnes for your continued support. It really means a lot. I hope that you can all join me in 2022. I'm going to bring some amazing guests. David Heiner, who's going to be talking about some huge, huge, awesome goals. So if you want to set some great goals for 2022, that is going to be the episode for you. It's about the second week of January. I've got Chris Lovett as well. who's going to be talking about less is more, which is a very popular time as well. In January, a lot of people do clear out some minimalism and trying to clear down stuff and really looking at what's important in life. And we're going to touch a little bit into that as well. But also I will be t- uh, sharing some trainings as well and some awesome bonus content as well. So Thank you to everyone. I really do appreciate it. If you did like this episode, then head over to Apple Podcasts and Spotify now. It's very easy. Go on Spotify on the phone, on the app, and you can click a rating. And if you give us five stars, that gets this podcast still shared into Spotify. So, guys, thank you so much. And uh, to you listening to this episode right now, thank you for your wonderful support this year. I hope that you have an incredible new year, and I hope that you have an amazing 2022. From me and my family to you, Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Bye-bye.